It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert. And my life's purpose is to encourage people to live positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me and the radio show itself at my website, which is Tom, the number two and tall, T-A-L-L dot com. Now, my guest today, I believe this is the second or third time I've uh, interviewed him. Amazing guy, great person, and he has a new book out that I want to tell you guys all about. His name is John Patrick Hickey, and he's been coaching leaders and individuals and inspiring uh, large and small groups for over three decades. He has a personal passion to help success-minded people identify their giftings, set goals, and achieve their dreams while becoming the best they can be. He's a gifted speaker. He knows how to help leaders build teams and accomplish their objectives. He was a pastor and personal development coach for several years and he knows how to work with churches as well as businesses and other groups. He's a certified personal development coach as well as being certified in DISC assessments and evaluations. I would love to do one with you, John. He also does certification training in both life coaching and DISC assessments. He specializes in communication, goal setting, and the discovery of a person's key purpose in life, the thing I get most asked about. He has worked with business leaders and college students to help them identify their talents and strengths, discover their life purpose, what I call a God-given life purpose, and set a plan to achieve their dreams. He's the author of five books, and his newest book with Motivational Press is Getting Personal, A Guide to Personal Development. Uh, John Patrick is also a seminar speaker, instructor, and well-read blogger, and he's a native of Michigan, lives there with his wife, uh, Kate, uh, has two daughters, and they're both married, and John and Kate have 10 grandchildren. Holy cow, that's a lot of grandchildren. Welcome to the show today, John. Thank you, Tom. Wow, that'll keep you busy, 10 grandchildren. And they do keep us busy, but I'll tell you, it's a good busy. They're my delight. Right, right, right. I've always told my kids that your grandchildren is God's reward for not killing your own children when they were little. 
<laughs> Amazing. Now, uh, one of the greatest blessings in my life is having on paper and discovered what I truly believe that if Jesus were sitting on the other side of my desk and I asked him why he created me, I believe I have that purpose written out on a piece of paper. And it's so important. How can a person really know what they were created by God to do? You know, as you said earlier, and it's true, it is the most common question. When you start talking to people about purpose, about um, what they're meant to do in life, everyone wants to know what that is. And my answer is always the same. And that is to start off with, what do you want to do? <laughs> because I believe that our, our dream, our God-given purpose is the thing we really want to do the most because it is what we were created to do. This is the thing that completes us. This is the thing that makes us have that sense of I'm doing the right thing. I'm, this is what I was created for. We've all had those moments where we've done something and deep inside we just know this is it. This is what I was created to do. Too often, many people let that slide away. It was a momentary thing. Instead of recognizing it, pursuing it, developing it, and taking it to the next level and continuing to go on. We all have that purpose. God did not have a quota when he made us. He did not have to put on so many people on this planet. Uh, if you're here, you're here because he wanted you here, and he wanted you here for a purpose. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, and so now uh, a lot of times people have to realize, they don't realize, that their job in most cases is not their purpose. Usually their purpose is found in some group, organization, or people that they are going to invest their time and money into. Uh, if you had an abundance of money and took care of your family, who or what would you invest that money into? And so uh, that's a key point for people to realize, okay, uh, I have a great job or I need a better job or I want to make more money. Excellent. But you, God did not create you to be the number one salesperson of XYZ company or the CFO of ABC company. He created you for a purpose to serve and to give your time and money to. Is that right? That is, that is right. And I think one of the identifying points of what our purpose is, is answering the simple question, how does this add value to other people? What am I doing that is making others and the world I live in a better place to be? Because our purpose is never self-centered. Our purpose is always to serve, always to help others, to improve others. Yes, there are rewards that we uh, can achieve along the way, uh, but the rewards are never the motivation. The rewards are never the goal. Uh, I, I don't believe that people can find true fulfillment if their purpose is to make more money. Um, money is the most fluid thing in the world. You can have it, you can lose it, you can get it again. <laughs> it's like uh, money is not a goal. But if creating wealth 
allows us to add value to others to do some specific tasks that we feel that we're here to complete, then there's the motivation. Uh, you know, the rewards are, are as with anything. You do excellent job, you reap the rewards of an excellent job. Uh, but it is that sense of, am I adding value? Am I improving others in the process? If you're not doing that, then you're really not fulfilling a purpose. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Now the book, the new one, Getting Personal, A Guide to Personal Development. Uh, usually I'm not great at this. I've given the website and all the detail information. So let's do it now. In most cases, or a lot of cases, I find that if you go to the author's website, there are other things, bonuses and freebies and things you can get and develop a relationship with the author more than just buying it on Amazon. So your website is pretty easy. You made it pretty simple. JohnPatrickHickey.com. H-I-C-K-E-Y is Hickey. If you can't spell John or Patrick, you need something other than this radio interview. So johnpatrickhickey.com. Uh, is that the best way to go and find out about the book and purchase it, it and establish a relationship with you and communicate with you? Yeah, it is because um, the we've tried to make the website, as you said, very simple. Uh, to have people find quickly the things that they need uh, besides the books, you can connect to the blog, there's video cast, there's uh, podcast, there is success tools. There's a member site which offers special stuff that you're not going to find on the regular uh, website. Uh, and to join that site, to become a member, it is free. It doesn't cost you anything. All you have to do is register. Uh, and in the book, there's a few... Uh, things in here that I refer people to the website because I have documents that they can actually go and that are not in the book. I refer to them, but the complete things are on the website and they can go there and find them and uh, use them as tools. Excellent. Excellent. So johnpatrickhickey.com. And let me remind listeners that there are, I've met people who, do not reach out to speakers and authors and thinkers like you because they think they're too small or the author is too busy. But the purpose that we do these things, John, is so people can establish relationships with us. We don't have all the answers, and maybe you can serve us, our listeners can serve us as much as we can serve them. So go to johnpatrickhickey.com. Feel free to email them, free Twitter them or message them or whatever on any of the social media things. We do this so that we can establish relationships with people like our listeners. So don't be afraid to go there, the website, and reach out and, and establish a relationship with John. You'll be enormously happy that you did. Now, John, uh, uh, the book, you uh, in the book you mentioned the 12 qualities of a success-minded person and how they correspond with the Boy Scout law. I love Boy Scouts. I was a Boy Scout when I was a kid, and if you read... Uh, or Google, you know, some of the well-known names that have been in Boy Scouts, you will be enormously impressed. So explain why you chose, chose the Boy Scout law and how does that apply to non-Boy Scouts? Well, it, 
I, I also have a love for Boy Scouts. I was a Boy Scout when I was younger. I am a Scout now. <laughs> Several years ago, when my grandson was old enough to join Cub Scouts, I joined with him. I am still with him. We are in Boy Scouts. He's now a first-class Scout, working towards becoming an Eagle Scout. And uh, I learn a great deal through Scouting. But when I discovered how the law applied to what I felt was the life of a success-minded person was back in 2001, I uh, underwent heart surgery and I had to spend four months recovering and not doing a whole lot. So <laughs> in my boredom of the time, I ended up finding my old scout handbook. And as I read the scout law, I thought, these principles of being trustworthy, friendly, kind, courteous, brave, clean, reverent, thrifty, uh, you know, all of these principles apply to a successful person, whether they're a scout or not. Um, and that's why in the book, I actually alter these laws. So I'm not exactly repeating the Boy Scout law, but I'm trying to represent them in ways that they apply to the average person, man or woman, that uh, you know, we all need to become people of integrity. Uh, it's easy for us to look at the world we live in. And believe me, if you've been on social media for five seconds, you, you see this. Uh, people complain because of rudeness, because of the corruption, because of the filth, all the different things that are all around us. Well, those things, you know, yeah, they can make us unhappy. But we have to remember that we're the ones who create those things. They don't just drop out of the air. And if you want to change the world to a better place, that the answer is be a better person, is when we work on ourselves, which is why I call this getting personal, when we work on ourselves to help our own self become the best that we can be, then we're going to affect others around us. I can't change anyone else. I can't... Uh, make other people think or do the things I want them to do. All I can do is be an example. And that was basically the whole purpose that um, Robert Baden-Powell, the founder of Scouts, had in mind when he created this is making these young men people of influence, people who would definitely influence the society that they live in and influence it in a positive, productive, and giving way. Uh, and so it just fit to me. It was like the perfect fit. <laughs> and so that's why I use that. And I've used it many times. Um, I, I love it. And, uh, two things, uh, uh, that you mentioned there is, uh, becoming the best us that we can be Focus on us. Now my mind is forgetting the other one, but the, the one of the points, you, uh, that point you just discussed, it could be absolutely positively impactful in a marriage as well for instance my wife everybody's wife everybody's husband does things that annoy them but instead of pointing it out in my mind i process well why does what is it about that that annoys me is it my upbringing or is this something i don't do or don't consider doing and if you always put back things that uh, annoy you uh, reflected back to yourself and why rather than projecting it onto the person 
you become a better person and you're not always harping on your husband or wife. So the same thing applies when we become the best we we can be in our marriages as well as parents. Every role we play in our life, we can become the best we can be. And then that involves a lot of the negative, irritating thoughts of the world to stay in your thoughts, in your minds, out of your mouth, and evaluate why those are particularly annoying and uh, stay away from the topic. So uh, great, uh, great points there. Now, another thing that you write about uh, a lot in this book that I love is you talk about a great deal about the value of learning and yet you seem to believe, like myself, that higher education is not always needed to achieve success. Come on, this is 2016. I can learn an amazing amount of things, just like Udemy courses. I could learn everything I need to know sitting at my computer, and I can pick and choose from the options of life what excites me to learn. And I think also if you go through the richest uh, Americans or whatever, you're like at probably 10 or 11 on the list before you get anyone who graduated from university or college. And so uh, how does this work for uh, people seeking a career or seeking success in their life uh, as far as their learning and education? Well, you know, that's, that's a great question, Tom, because it's something people, especially younger people who I deal with, struggle with all the time because we tell them you have to have a college education. Um, and few of them will actually ask why. <laughs> because why is an important question. It depends on what it is that you're going to. I'm not against higher education by any means, but at the same time, I have known young people who've racked up tons and tons of debt getting a degree in something that they'll never use. Uh, you know, Mike Rowe, who was the host of Dirty Jobs, and uh, now he has a program called Someone's Got to Do That, says that, you know, we spend uh, millions of dollars that we don't have putting, you know, giving it to people who can't pay it back to get an education in something that no longer exists. And that's true. And then when you see what's going on on a lot of campuses today, um, it's, you know, this isn't what education is. <laughs> you know, we're teaching, we're teaching the wrong stuff. I've known young people who've spent tons of money taking classes they'll absolutely never use just because someone decided that these were things they needed to learn. True education is to be able to say, what is it that I need to learn? And then to pursue that. I think it's good that we learn a broad area and we have, uh, in a sense, an education in many different things. But the thing that you are created to do, your purpose is the thing that you need to be an expert with. And in just doing the classes you mentioned online, reading books. I think reading is the most valuable thing that people can do. And I don't say that because I'm a writer. <laughs> I say that because I believe it with all my heart. Mm -hmm. Reading is essential to success. That when people focus on educating themselves, then they can become an expert. You can, in a sense, earn your own doctorate in a short period of time. The fact that someone has a degree does not make them an expert. 
we all have seen, it's almost a cliche, people who have doctorates and all kinds of degrees who know really nothing of value. You know, it's, it's, what we, it's what we deliberately, purposely learn that makes a difference in our life. And when we can say, this is what I need to know, this is where I can learn it, then you can, I mean, I just believe that as long as we're learning, we're living. That you stop learning, you, in a sense, you stop feeding yourself and you're dying. Uh, and you're never too old to learn. You can learn all the way through life. I'm learning all the time. One of the things I mentioned in the book is, you know, in being involved in scouting, uh, my grandson's involved in earning a lot of merit badges. He's, he's a very um, uh, ambitious young man. And one of his goals, and I wonder where he gets this from, but one of his goals is he wants to earn one, all 138 merit badges, which is a major task. But I'm helping him to do that. And in that process, I'm learning things I never thought I would learn. And I love it because it constantly keeps me growing and young. I'm 66 years old. I'm not done yet. You know, I may start a whole new career. Who knows? <laughs> I'm whatever God has for me. But I want to be ready when that opportunity comes. And that comes through learning. Excellent. Exactly. And I read it uh, somewhere. I'm not sure exactly the statistic, but I think it was something like 80% of people five years after graduating from college or university are working in a totally different field than what they studied. And think yep. of four, four, three, four or five years of school, basically wasted. They get a job at something else. They start that as their career and they never use what they used in school. So decide what you want to learn and then pick and choose how you can get the best education on that and pursue uh, that. Now, you know, Tom, one, of the, one of the things that happens is young people, especially in high school, go to a guidance counselor and they look at things that they're good at. Yeah, maybe they're good at math, maybe they're good at English, they're good at writing, they're good at geography or history. And then they recommend them a career based on the things that you're good at. The fact that you're good at something does not mean that it is your strength. It only means that you're good at it. There, are, I know uh, one individual <laughs> who was very, very good at mathematics right. and went under guidance from a counselor, went and got a degree in accounting and absolutely hates accounting. <laughs> it's like, you know, you have to be aware of yourself and what it is that you like, not just what it is. Exactly. Now, uh, John, you're... Uh... Breaking up there. Can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Uh, but now you're speaking exactly my life experience, John. I took accounting for four years. My parents and I had sat down. Rheumatoid arthritis, pretty wicked since the age of five, really affects the body. So we were like, okay, I need to work in an office. And so I'm good at math. And so accounting. And I worked for two years in accounting. I was like, boring it's like boy i'm looking at numbers and boring <laughs> i'm a people person and i need to be around people and positive people not well 
positive. Accountants are positive, but let's say the discussion is less lively than the ones I would like. And so exactly, I wasted four years of education. I, I know how to account, but I didn't use it for more than three years of my life. So uh, next question, which is, I love it. And I love talking about this. And I made a commitment to the Lord to talk about it more. Your book, Getting Personal. You stress the importance of our spiritual relationship. And I and seem to feel, I'm going to take seem to feel out of that question. We know, you and I, that Christianity is the only way to achieve spiritual relationship. We're not going to beat around the bush. Why is this so important, John? Because I, I make a commitment at the beginning of this book. I made a commitment as I've pursued my life purpose that I would be honest and straightforward whenever I'm helping someone because I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to lead them down a path that is of no use. Well, the fact is that the only way we can truly be everything we were created to be is to have a relationship with God. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't say that. He said that. <laughs> That's his words. And I know that there are a lot of people who write books on uh, personal development, on success, on, on the whole process of achievement that talk. Everybody talks about the importance of that spiritual value. But many times it's kind of, well, whatever you dis define that spiritual value to be. If I said that, I would feel I was being dishonest when I, because I know that that's not true. The, the fact is that the only way that we can have a true relationship with God, to know him as our father, to know him as our creator, and the one who guides our steps and gives us purpose is through his son. He sent his son to die for my sins, and believe me, I needed it. And uh, I belong to him. And, and that is the purpose of my being so direct in this book. Actually, when I wrote it and sent it to the publisher, I thought, now they may ask me to tone this down a bit because publishers have a tendency to do that. But they didn't. They didn't edit one word of it. They were you know, more than happy to have me be as clear as I could be that this is the importance of that spiritual relationship, is our relationship with Christ. And that goes for every human being on the face of this planet, no matter what you're doing, what income level you're at, your uh, ethnicity, your heritage, whatever. It all comes down to that. And if you really want to know your purpose, you got to know the one who created you for that purpose. And that comes through that relationship with God. Excellent. Very, very clear. There is no ambiguity. There's nothing unclear about that. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I knew the Lord uh, when I was 25. When I first really, really came to have that relationship. And it still took me a number of years to determine my God-given purpose. I was pursuing my Tom-given purpose uh, for a lot of years, but a lot of times what we decide is our purpose is clearly not what God did, had created us for. And so I spoke about how 
valuable discovering that God-given purpose is to your life. If you really knew that Jesus was sitting on the other side of your desk and told you why you were created, wouldn't you feel guilty every day that you didn't pursue it? Or wouldn't you feel like you're letting God down from the blessings and talents and skills he gave you? Like, oh, I'd be embarrassed. And so when people can find out why God created them, that allows you to unfocus on a lot of the other things in life that are not a part of God's purpose for your life. And we all have those. So amazing. I love this. Now, another thing that you uh, write and stress a lot is uh, good manners. And while you're talking to a Canadian, we probably say please and thank you more than anyone on the planet. And uh, I'm often, when I used to do business-to-business -business calls into the U.S., I used to be somewhat taken aback by the manners part of it. Uh, if you say thank you most times to someone in the U.S. on the phone, they'll say, uh-huh, and not you're welcome. And you don't get as many thank yous or pleases as you do out of a Canadian. So why is good manners still applies to us and millennials and whatever age you are? Manners are still manners. And so talk about why those are still so important, John. Well, people had this idea in term. Uh, and we complain about a lack of courtesy, uh, but people don't look at the reason behind that is just a lack of good manners. All manners is, is respect and kindness. That's it. It is equal portion respect. And it's not how you put the silverware on the table uh, or you know how you walk into a room, but it definitely is how you treat other people. We say please and thank you because we truly are grateful for the things people do. Um, I you know it is to uh, recognize that saying please to people means you know someone doesn't owe me a kindness. The the thing that manners does is it gives kindnesses that aren't owned. Uh, there is courtesies like opening doors for people, uh, letting someone else go first, uh, being a good listener. There's so many areas of good manners, of being courteous, that is vital to how we get along. I tell you, most people don't think much when somebody is able to demonstrate good manners, but we always notice when someone uses bad manners. When somebody is rude and unkind, and it doesn't take a lot to look around you and see where those bad manners are. And good manners isn't pointing out the bad manners. Good manners is using the bad manners to motivate us to do better, to say, I won't do that. There's life lessons to be learned if you just keep aware. Uh, my grandson and I went to a banquet, and we sat at a table, and the other people at the table, young, old, everybody was either on a cell phone uh, texting something or on a tablet. And we left and I told him, I said, there's a lesson here. And my grandson said, what's that? I said, well, 
when everybody was on their electronic devices at the table, that's bad manners. <laughs> that's being rude. You know, we were there to talk to one another, not sit with your face in a phone all the time. It's simple things like that. that we. It's not to judge people. It's not to point out, like I said, the faults in others. It's to look at ourselves and say, I know I shouldn't do that. I'm going to make a difference because I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be respectful. I'm not going to uh, be rude to other people or unkind to other people. And it makes a world of difference. And people who are looking to move their career, their business, whatever it is, if they want to add that little extra kick that makes things better, that is by having good manners. That when you show good manners, people want to be around you. People like it when people are respectful and kind. They do not like rude people. I totally agree. We don't always recognize manners when we're working. But we know when we're working. Turn your volume down. In your book, you point out the difference between personal development and personal growth. Explain that because that's kind of interesting. Well, personal development is the the ability to, in a sense, transform ourselves, to um, identify those areas that need growth. Um, personal development includes our health. It includes um, our morals, our learning, our relationship with other people, our work skills. All of those things are things that you can develop where growth involves learning. Growth is becoming a better person. It's becoming someone that not only adds value, but who has the courage to go beyond doing uh, what is expected to more than what is expected. I, I know that uh, you're familiar with Napoleon Hill's teaching on this, which is really important. That there, you know, it's one thing to do to do your job well. It's another to be excellent at doing your job. <laughs> and to be excellent means that you do beyond, you go that extra mile, you go beyond what you're, you could do into something that is uh, better than that. And that's growth. Growth is when we start becoming a better person and, and, and our skills are better and we value things like excellence and growth and learning and skill that those are all part of that growing process mm. amazing amazing uh, i love uh, i love all these things that we're talking about so again the book is getting personal a guide to personal development uh the website is john com, and john is easy to talk to and uh, communicate with so reach out uh, he's an amazing man you will learn a lot from John so johnpatrickhickey.com uh, getting personal a guide to personal development uh, thanks for joining me today John this is a second I think maybe even the third time I had you on the show I always love your book third. So, third time there you go I've only interviewed Tracy Jones and Jack Black three times so there you go 
I'm amongst I'm amongst great company. <laughs> Very good. You are. You are. You are. Uh, thank you so much. I look forward to uh, going through uh, the book a little more in depth and uh, promoting it to everybody, all my Napoleon Hill fans out there. John is a ginormous fan of Napoleon Hill, so let's uh, read his book. He has a lot to say, and a former pastor. Anybody can learn something from a former pastor because they know a lot about people's lives. So thanks so much, John. I really appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing you, day, and thank you for another great book. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time and, and talking with me. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.